Hi, everybody. This is Trevin McGee and Eric Moline from Lawrence.com and SceneStealers.com. Yes. And you are you are excited. Why are you so excited? I'm excited you because... You saw two ridiculous movies. There's, there's finally a reason for people to do something other than go to the movies this weekend. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. We're going to have a short podcast today. Uh, we've got two movies to talk about, and they are... Uh, Red Riding Hood uh-huh. and Battle Los Angeles. Oh. Battle Los Angeles. Or is it Battle LA? What's the official title? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't... I don't know. I don't pay close enough attention. Um, it's Aaron Eckhart, star in a bad movie. Yeah. Which one would you like to cover first? You know, I've I've got a soft spot for Amanda Seyfried. You, you know, she's in terrible movies, but I think she's I really a, I think like she's Mean Girls. What else was she in that, that uh, was terrible? Chloe. Chloe. Oh, I didn't see Chloe. Yeah, okay. I just watched it this week on Netflix. Not good. Adam McGoyan. Who, um, no, 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 no. That's the, uh, Adam McGoyan is the Julianne Moore Liam Neeson movie, right? No. No, is that it? Is Chloe the Adam McGoyan thing? It is. is. Okay. With all the sex and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And ridiculous melodrama. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not good at all. Okay. Well, I really like the sweet hereafter and, um, exotica. So I've liked some of Adam McGoyan's movies. Uh, this, this movie is directed by the auteur known as Catherine Hardwick. Mm-hmm. Uh, who actually directed a really great movie back in the 90s called um, 13 uh, with oh, Holly Hunter and yeah, Evan Rachel that. Wood, uh, which was about a, a girl going through the you know, rebellious period growing up and her mother trying to deal with it. Um, and then uh, she did Lords of Dogtown, which wasn't mm-hmm. the best movie, but it was interesting and, um, you know, kind of profiled Stacey Peralta and the whole... That was uh, the, like fictional version of the documentary right 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 with heath right ledger? with heath ledger okay. yeah yeah and uh she followed that up with uh twilight which <laughs> sure. was which was an interesting choice you know what a lot of people dog on twilight the only thing i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna say about it is that in in that first movie mm-hmm. i felt like she took the uh the emotions that teenagers the alienation that teenagers go through seriously enough to make that work yeah. you know it's a minor film it, it's not one that i hate i know culturally it's really easy for people to hate um i thought the one that followed was was pretty terrible but Anyway, I thought, you know, Catherine Hardwick was the right person to do it because she really got the teenage kind of angst thing mm-hmm. in, in 13 really well. And so uh, Red Riding Hood is, from all the previews, it looks to be the Red Riding Hood fairy tale as seen through the modern lens of the Twilight crowd. In other words, you know, there's these two guys the who shimmer, are... Shimmer and Daylight. What's that? That shimmer. shimmer in daylight? No, uh, but one of them does have, you know, very Edward Cullen-like hair spiked up in the front, which, of sure. course, was a big... That's how they wore it, then. It was a big Renaissance mm-hmm. uh, fad. Beeswax. Yeah. And and uh, so, you know, you've got, you've got... Basically, it's the same plot where there's a girl... And there's these two hot guys fighting over her. Mm-hmm. It's not a werewolf and a vampire this time, but it's it's two two guys who may or may not be the big bad wolf. Because the big bad wolf is a werewolf in this. Mm-hmm. He's not the big bad wolf. Um, he's he's uh, you know terrorizing this village, this mm-hmm. small village. And her dad, Amanda Seafried. Yeah, Seafried, 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 whatever her name is, whatever her last name is. The the guy who plays Kristen Stewart's father in the Twilight movies is her father. So that was kind of a, a weird bit of casting, I thought. And um, Gary Oldman plays this Van Helsing-like character who comes to town. He's killed a werewolf before, 
and it turned out it was his wife. Oh. He didn't even know, you know, that 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 his wife was aware. Are you, but oh. but I thought yeah, I thought I would have known, but I didn't know, and that's yeah. what makes them so dangerous. That is. So what's what's the mystery? Well, the mystery is he tells everybody when they get. And, and by the way, this has nothing to do with Red Riding Hood. But he tells everybody when he gets there, the wolf is within this village. Mm-hmm. So the plot is now set up. We're dealing with a mystery where somebody in you know in in Agatha Christie's uh, boardroom Red with, Professor, with yeah. Professor Plum is the is the culprit, and right. so now it's a whodunit movie. Now I am not like a guy who sits there and second guesses screenplays all the time. I just like to enjoy the movie. Sure, but when the when a minor subplot is revealed at the very beginning of the film, uh, you wonder to yourself, or I wondered to myself, oh well. That's really obvious. I guess the killer must be this person. And then I thought to myself, well, no, that can't be. It can't be that, that obvious. But then as the film goes on and they throw red herrings one way and another towards mm-hmm. all the other characters besides this one, I was thinking, wow, that maybe that's really all there is. Maybe it just adds up to this. And that's what it was. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm like, you know, this great guy who can who can guess the, you know, the endings of movies, but uh, it was so disappointing because it didn't matter. It was it was arbitrary. It so, was just a plot device. And so they try to do this romance mm-hmm. thing, right, this forbidden romance where yeah. she's attracted to these guys because they may be werewolves and they may kill her the same way that Edward Cullen is a vampire and he may uh, uh, kill Bella in the yeah. Twilight yeah. movies, right? Never read the books, just seen stop, the movies. Stop talking about Twilight. I'm just saying. I'm making a comparison. And and I'm saying at least Starting in the now. Twilight movies, Damn it's it. a function of of you know the, the 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 plot device ties in with the emotional state of the characters. In this movie, it's nothing but a device. Yeah. It's poorly used. Gary Oldman is in and out of the film in about fifty minutes. So without giving too much away, he comes in a little late and he exits early. Uh, it's, and he's not having any fun with it. It's not like he's hamming it up cage style. Uh, or like he did in Book of Eli. Yeah, it's well, – well, I didn't see that. I didn't oh, see that, yeah, but I he, heard. He hams it up pretty hard in Book of Eli. So, you know – And incidentally, he's one of the only things worth watching in Book of Eli. And if Van Helsing was played by – this Van Helsing character was played by somebody like Anthony Hopkins who's done it before, he would have Literally been Van Helsing. Up. Yeah. With so, Gary Oldman. Um, it's it's just disappointing. Uh, ultimately, I, so I, when does grandmother's house come into play? There is one scene, uh, which is basically a dream sequence, where she wakes up with her grandmother in bed, and they exchange the line. By the way, grandmother Julie Christie, <laughs> really disappointing. Very disappointed in you, Miss Christie. Um, what big eyes you have, blah blah blah. But again, what I'm trying to drive home is that there's none of the psychosexual, uh, you know, uh, thing that that Big Bad Wolf and and Red Riding Hood have in the actual fairy tale mm-hmm. about you know young girls and uh, not being safe in the woods and people not being who you think they are. There's really none of that at all. It's just Red Riding Hood with you know her hood on. They they think she's a witch and then she wakes up with her grandma and they share a couple little funny lines that relate to the story. But people just live and die arbitrarily, and the plot is crap. So the last romance question, doesn't work and then either. we got to get off this because it just sounds awful, and you've, you've made yeah. that abundantly clear. But last question, how do the werewolf special effects compare to the now Academy Award-winning Wolfman? Oh, they were way better in The Wolfman. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I mean, The Wolfman deserved an, an Oscar for... Uh, great makeup um, in that film, and yes, we've seen it before, but it was probably the best wolf 
man, yeah. werewolf, special effects slash makeup that I've seen in a movie, be it a crappy one like The Wolfman. This movie was worse than The Wolfman. I like The Wolfman better because at least it had Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Wow, he's in all these movies. And Benicio. It up. Yeah. So uh, big rock fist way down for Red Riding Hood. If you are 13 and you're female, I even think you're going to be, even if you're the target audience, I think you're going to be disappointed by this movie. Uh, it adds up to nothing. All right. So straight nothing or less than zero? Straight nothing. Okay. I won't go less than zero. You know, I was really bored, though. I mean, I, yeah. it, it has to it has to offend me to be less than zero, and it almost offended me. It's just so crass. Yeah. It's such a calculated well, it's attempt. PG, to, it's PG-13, right? So yeah. There's no, there's no anything. But the only reason there's it no exists board, is, is no, to plug this... Yeah. This this already existing entity. In. Sure, it's not a franchise, it. but it's a story everybody knows. All right. So. Well, let's move on. Don't see that movie is the short <laughs> version of that review. Red Riding Hood, avoid. And now tell me about Battle Los Angeles. Battle Los Angeles. Um, you know, here's the deal. Battle right? We've colon got, Los Angeles. Yeah, the, the the summer the summer season hasn't really started yet, mm-hmm. and so when you see a movie that that looks as if it's designed to be a summer movie and it's coming out in March, that should be your first clue <laughs> that this is not Bad news. Yeah, if they if they released this in May or June or July, it would get lost within the the other glut of of summer movies with bigger stars, yeah, uh, and a lot more going for them. That said, Aaron Eckhart. Uh, does a very good job of being the noble marine uh, in this movie, which basically is like Independence Day. Uh, all of the uh, aliens come in, or like crossed with V, possibly. Uh, aliens come in, and immediately they just start attacking everybody. Yeah. Uh, what I liked about the film is that we don't know why they're doing that. It doesn't matter. What the, the film has chosen to do is to uh, bring you this story from the point of view of one specific troop of Marines yeah. who are trying to defend Los Angeles against this alien force. Um, by making it kind of a, a you know Black Hawk Down um, type of a thing, there's a lot of shaky cam and whatnot, but it's just from their, their point of view. And so that, that makes it mildly interesting. You know, Unfortunately, it also turns it into a war film. Yeah. And and really nothing but a war film. There is no sci-fi element to it other than the fact that we don't know who these beings are. It could be an invading force. It could be uh you know uh Iran or or Russia or China. whoever. Yeah, China. It could be China for that matter. But uh, watching the film and and it is 2 hours, which is a full 30 minutes too long. I was I was bored at points, and I was just for fun, just trying to figure out: is there a metaphor here that they're trying to drive down our throats? And there isn't. What what it is really is a marine propaganda film. Not everything can be Starship Troopers, buddy. Exactly, Starship Troopers is one of the funniest, uh, uh, darkest satires um, I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite movies, and and uh, but the, I love the people that try to tell me that Starship Troopers was bad because of the nine hundred two one zero acting. And I'm yeah. like, well, that was the point. Oh yeah. Anyway, so you don't like uh, your satire and your sci-fi? That's fine. Well, this one, this one isn't really even sci-fi. To call it science fiction would be, uh, you know, um, an insult to science and fiction. <laughs> it would be. It, it's giving it to uh, the idea that there's ideas in it. It's right. By saying, and there's not. There's not. It's simply a movie where you get these basic characters who aren't really fleshed out right. you put them through these stressful situations Aaron Eckhart is the only person who has a character and his whole deal is that he left a troop behind nobody thinks he's qualified right. and, and a younger person is leading his troops into battle so you know right away what's going to happen 
right? Mm-hmm. You know, that he's going to have to get over it and he's going to prove to everybody that he can do it and they're all going to rally behind him. And that's exactly what happens. It gets way too rah, rah, rah at the end. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's 30 minutes too long. It drags in the middle. I thought the special effects were okay. Yeah. I read Roger Ebert's review this morning. He just ripped it apart. Yeah. Ripped it apart. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to rip it apart. It succeeds mildly at what it does. Uh, do I ever want to see it again? No. Um, would I recommend it to anybody? Not really. Um, you know, if it was 90 minutes shorter, maybe. If it, 90 minutes shorter? 30 minutes shorter. So if, if, it were, yeah. if it were an episode of television. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Uh, Aaron Eckhart has this really nice uh, Kirk Douglas square jawed, yeah. uh, dimpled he chin looks, kind yeah, of magnetism. Yeah, he magnetism. looks like he's from a different era. Yeah. I mean, he really, like, he, he looks like he walked out of, like, a, a 1944 enlistment poster. Which is fitting because this is pro pro american marine propaganda in every way possible you know so i'm not going to spoil the ending but you know do it's they, a lot like independence day do they impale the master alien on an american flag they don't they don't but um that's how i would have ended it yeah yeah I, honestly this movie has no sense of humor either so don't expect that um did i hate it no you know what i saw it at amc main street with the rumble seats mm. and for the first time i realized uh, why those are kind of cool. I always thought they were distracting, but in a movie where bullets are flying in every other scene and it's right. just a crazy battle, uh, it's kind of fun to have the rumble seats there. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not recommending Battle Los Angeles. In fact, I might even – I haven't written my review. I'm writing it tonight. Mm-hmm. Give this the Swiss fist. Ooh. Complete neutrality. You only, you've only given that once before, right? I've only given that once before. Which movie was that? Rush Hour 3. <laughs> Another movie that I have no ill will towards, but I don't like at all. So it's middling and boring, and that's the extent of it. Yes. At Liberty Hall this week are two movies we've already seen that we can talk about really quick. Okay. Uh, Casino Jack. Yes. Yeah. Not, not at all good. And Company Men, which we ripped apart a while back, so we don't really need to. Those are both up. there? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It really is a weekend to stay home. Yeah. So wow! So casino Jack, or, Jack rather Abramoff. not stay home. Uh, go go out, just not to a movie. Yeah. If the weather if the weather picks up, go do something. Go do something else. Do something else for once. Yeah. Well, you and I are actually going to go see uh, a movie this weekend on Saturday night. We've got tickets to go see Kevin Smith mm-hmm. uh, on his Red State tour. Yeah. Which uh, he's he's presenting his new film without distribution. Uh, yet he's going to put it out himself in October across the country and make all the deals for the chains himself. But right now he's on a very expensive grassroots town by town tour, personal with the, tour with the lead actor who's Michael Parks. Michael Parks, yeah. And uh, it's the actual movie, and then the Q and A that follows. Is, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yep. I just want to make sure I've got the order right. Yep. And um, his Q and As are long, so it could be a four hour night. Yeah, yeah, it could. And yeah, people tweet during it and there's usually a pretty you know there's a hashtag that's got something to do with it so there will be updates the entire time yeah and here's the great thing about this is kevin smith recently has been dogging on critics because he says what's the point of a critic when i could fill a room full of people and they could all blog about it the next day and do just as good of a job right okay Whatever, that's fine. You know, if that's if that's your opinion, if yeah, you think everybody he went in on a whole tirade could... after Cop Out got destroyed, and right. I, you know, I think it's pretty hypocritical, honestly, because it was the critical groundswell behind Clerks that really gave him a career in the first Absolutely. place. So, so he's on this tirade. I just uh, I follow him on Twitter, of course, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 he said just recently. 
uh, I think it was Monday, he was tweeting, hey, everybody, I'm going to set up a page where you guys can all put your reviews on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's against critics seeing his movie for free right? Uh, because he thinks they should pay for it just like everybody else. You know, that's fine. Whatever. By the way, this uh, tickets for this are between, uh, what is it, 60, 40, 45 and $65 yep. um, for this. Anyway, um, what he's doing to try to make sure that uh, the people that review the movie are only people that have actually paid to see it, he is going to have, uh, have you scan- take a photo of your ticket and send that in with your review. Okay. So you have to take a photo of your red state ticket and send it in with the review to get posted on his site. And he says negative or positive, he's going to post these reviews. So I'm going to send in my review mm-hmm. with my ticket, my... and uh, we'll see if he puts it up on the site. I'm also going to say <laughs> you can find it here mm-hmm. at my website because I'm a critic. I'm one of those evil people that uh, that takes time to uh, write about your films and expose them to an audience and and uh, look at the way that uh, you know they reflect culture and what and how they fit in with the world today because that's what I love to do. So um, you know, there you go. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, now let's just be honest. We're getting these tickets for free. Right. <laughs> We're not paying for them, nope. and it's not because he is doing press tickets for this he's not giving them to us he's not giving them to anybody we just got them on our own so a friend has some extra tickets and we're gonna go yeah so um kevin i'm sorry i'm not paying for your movie i'm really looking forward to it i hope it's great whatever happens i'm gonna write about it we're gonna talk about it here on the podcast and we're gonna be absolutely honest uh especially as as somebody who loved uh your movie's dogma uh, Chasing Amy and Clerks, especially. Yeah. I even thought Clerks 2 was a great film. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully the fact that we haven't paid and we're critics won't make you think that our opinion is completely not worth a shit. Yeah. So, Kevin, I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. He'll get right to that. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that on the next podcast. We'll talk about it on the next podcast. Might come sooner rather than later. Depends. We might record our initial thoughts right after the show on our way home. So. We will record them. It's just whether they'll sound like crap or not. Yeah. Whether we can use them. Whether we can use them or not. But we'll do it. On that note, we're going we're gonna to go. That's it. We've got two movies out of the way and a third one coming. Bye-bye, everybody. All Good right. Weekend. We'll see you next time.